Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. Your question for today is, how do you turn anxiety into your superpower? A lot of people would say that this has been a very uh, recent uh, recent stressful times, and we know that constant stress could reduce and, and actually shrink the human brain. So how do you cope with anxiety? How do you transform anxiety into a gift, into a real superpower? And have this conversation with you today. I'm really excited to introduce Dr. Wendy Suzuki. She's a professor of neuroscience uh, and psychology That's at awesome. NYU. And um, she's the author of a brand new book, Good Anxiety. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thank you so much, Jim. It's so great to be here. This is a, a long time coming. Um, you and I had met a couple of years back at an event, it seems like um, a little bit more than a minute, almost a lifetime <laughs> ago. And the event was a, it was a brain health event uh, put on by our friend, uh, Maria Shriver. Shriver, yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad you could um, make time to be on our show and talk about, you know, uh, your brand new book. And yes. most people, they hear the word anxiety and they just, they don't look at it as a gift. They don't look at it as a, as a superpower, but I would yeah. imagine in your, have you seen anxiety, especially the past year and a half? Have you seen a dead rise? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, this whole book, the first draft was written before the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. At that time, the stats were 90% of Americans raised their hands and said, I experience anxiety every day, 90% before the beginning of the pandemic. So just imagine what that number has become now. So right. basically everybody, everybody has anxiety. So it's, it's the topic that we need to address. So I was, when I was reading your book, I, I, you know, a lot of this information, I was, I was amazed because you talk how anxiety was actually a, is actually a protection mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's there to serve us. It's there to serve us. People don't realize that. And that is the whole starting point of the book evolutionarily anxiety and that underlying physiological stress response evolved to protect us from the dangers out there, the lions, the tigers and bears that were coming at us 2.5 million years ago. It is essentially essential for our survival. And I know everybody's thinking, I'm not feeling protected by my anxiety. What are you talking about? And the answer is that we're not, and, and that's okay that you're not, because the volume of our anxiety is turned up way too high for all of us. And too much of anything, even a good thing is bad. So the first section, and in fact, a whole chunk of the book is about how the first step is just to turn that volume down so that we can get back to that protective uh, aspect that gives us gifts, that gives us superpowers. Hmm. Now you're also an authority on one of our favorite subjects that we talk about on our show and in our book is, um, is on neuroplasticity. Yes. Right. This, this yeah. an incredible ability um, for our brains to be able to adapt to mm -hmm. experiences. Now, how does that, how does that relate to 
anxiety. Yeah, it is so incredibly important to anxiety because one of the most important tools to be able to turn that volume down is to be able to shift your mindset about how you're approaching anxiety. That is a form of learning. That is a form of brain plasticity. It's very uh, evolutionarily uh, beneficial. And the thing is that this is one example of how it can be a gift. Those of us with anxiety, with lots of you know anxiety-provoking situations coming at us all the time, we have this opportunity to be able to practice mindset shifting uh, to address all of these different problems. And we learn that the more we do it, the better we become. And that skill is then um, can then be adapted to all aspects of our lives. And the more adaptable we are, the better we're able to just kind of live a better life. So it does become a gift uh, because we have all these opportunities to test it out. Mm. So in a way we could become uh, more, uh, more fit. Yeah, emotionally. Uh, how do you, so how do you, if somebody's going through a difficult time right now, yeah. um, maybe a time of uncertainty um, mm-hmm. where they feel like they, they're maybe watching the news and it's, yeah. it's threatening and it's dark and it's mm-hmm. scary, puts them in that fight or flight. Right. What would you say the first step would be in order for them to flip, you yeah. know, anxiety from, from going from something, something negative to something yeah. that's more empowering? Yeah. Great question. The first step for everybody is to uh, learn and practice techniques that turn that volume down. And Mm -hmm. the number one approach to turning that volume down is to activate your stress reduction part of your nervous system. This is my big message. Everybody knows about fight or flight, right? The sympathetic nervous system is another word for that fight or flight system. Did you know that we have a de-stressing part of our nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system? Mm. And um, everybody should be thinking, how do I activate that? I need more of that nervous system to be activated. The best way to consciously activate that system is to deep breathe deeply and slowly. Hmm. It's not a surprise that deep breathing is one of the oldest forms of meditation in history. Monks long ago, they didn't know anything about the nervous system, but they knew that that could bring us down into calmness. Did they know they were activating the parasympathetic nervous system? No, but uh, it's very, very powerful. And um, it also starts us on a practice that's so helpful for anxiety, which is appreciating the present moment. And there's no better way to do that than to focus on your breath and to appreciate I have breath going through my lungs and that I could just enjoy this moment right now. Nothing is happening. I have a calmness to me. And so that is why just practicing simple deep breathing is my number one go-to. Mm. And this is a long lasting, you know, active coping response. Yes. When you're breathing, you know, it helps you, I would imagine with uh, building resilience. Absolutely. It does. I, I love it because so many people say, you know, I'm not only dealing with my own anxiety, I'm dealing with the anxiety of my kids and their schools and masks and no masks. Yeah. And the thing about breathing is that you can practice it together as a family and you can send your kids off to school with that with that practice that, you know, you get a little stressed out. Just just breathe deeply. And for you, the adult, um, I love the fact that you can practice this 
this in the middle of an anxiety provoking conversation. That anxiety provoker is talking away and you are just breathing deeply. You are already calming yourself down and you're helping yourself kind of get that. Why is this helpful? It's helpful because Calming yourself down can help your prefrontal cortex work better. You get too much fight or flight stress response going and your prefrontal cortex shuts down. You need that in an anxiety provoking conversation because that is your decision maker that helps you make your arguments. So you want to do everything you can to really enhance and um, get that prefrontal cortex working well. Mm. Actually, if we're talking about tools, I would love to share with your listeners my favorite tool in the toolbox, which is a tool that I invented while I wrote this book. It's called Joy Conditioning. Joy Conditioning. And it, yes, and it is a, a tool that I created to directly counteract fear conditioning that happens to all of us. Uh, it is uh, fear conditioning is the situation where, you know, I was, uh, my apartment was robbed when I lived in, in Washington, DC. And uh, I remember walking around the corner and seeing my door crowbarred in. Well, months and months and years later, every time I walked around that same corner, I would remember that, that mm. fear. It's like, oh, am I going to see, you know, my door crowbar? And that's fear conditioning. It happens automatically. It's very hard to get rid of. It did go down, but, but you know, you carry this because, again, it's protective. Just in case, you know, I want to protect myself from possible robbers. But mm. I thought, that's just so depressing. We're just accumulating all this fear conditioning. Why don't we come up with joy conditioning? Joy conditioning doesn't happen automatically, but the good news is we have conscious control and it works like this. I invite you all to, to um, uh, mentally go through all of your most wonderful, funny, joyful, juicy, lovely memories in mm. your life. We don't think about all these wonderful things that have happened to us enough. Find one that has an olfactory, uh, uh, olfactory odor, a smell associated, a good smell associated okay. with it. Why? Because we know that smells can be very strongly evoking of a memory. And all you need to do is get that smell, revivify that memory by thinking about it, reliving that mm. wonderful moment, that big laugh with your family, that big laugh with your husband, with your wife. And we know that the way that that memory system in the, in the brain works is that the more you do it, the more you repeat it, the stronger it gets. So every repetition will strengthen, not just the memory of what happened, but those emotions that came with it. And so that is one of my favorite tools from the book, Joy Conditioning. Joy Conditioning. I love that. And so that's so practical. Yes. And so when would you recommend our listeners employ Joy Conditioning? Is it, yeah. Are they doing it in a specific time of the day or, or when they're starting to feel higher levels of anxiety yeah. or stress? Or is it a training tool like working out? Yeah, I think it's a training tool like working out. The way that I use it isn't, I, I don't use this tool like I use deep breathing and working mm -hmm. uh, and moving my body when I'm feeling anxiety come on and I just want to quell the anxiety. I like to do it in the weekends, in the mornings, yeah. also right before I go to sleep. 
Like what better thing to go to sleep to than your most joyful, beautiful memories of, of what has happened in your life. So it's like building up, filling up your chalice of joy um, whenever you get a chance so that you, you know, overall, you're going to change your baseline state. And uh, that's the idea behind. uh, And you can do all of what I like about what you're talking about, whether it's deep diaphragmic breathing, uh, whether it is also movement or whether it's a joy conditioning, you could do this with your team. You could do this with your friends. It's a really good practice. I love that idea of doing it with my team. In fact, I'm going to do that. And my next lab meeting, we're all going to do a little session of personal joy conditioning. So thanks for that idea. No, I, I love that. Even with our, with our team, we'll jump on, on a Zoom halfway through and we'll do these little like physical exercises, like, you know, as your body moves, your brain grooves, or we we'll do some yeah. breathing together. Um, and it's, we could bring mindfulness into anything. This is a reminder. It doesn't, it has to be isolated when someone's meditating. Yeah. You can be more mindful when you're eating. A lot of people are mm-hmm. so, they're not in parasympathetic when they're eating because they're checking emails and Slack and everything. So it's not even just what you're eating. It's also how you're eating Mm -hmm. uh, it also as well. And I like that idea of doing joy conditioning when you go to sleep, because I would imagine when you're thinking about things that you're grateful for and it makes you laugh, then you feel safe. Yeah. Right. And human beings need to feel a level of safety to also get into that parasympathetic rest, digest. I don't have to flee. I don't have to freeze or or, or fight. Yeah. 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 I would imagine it'd be really great for people to mentally rehearse it, you know, see it like a film in a theater in their mind's eye. Mm -hmm. Um, But also even, even writing those things down, you know, having a gratitude journal or a a joy journal, whenever you're, some people fill up, uh, we have, we used to have in the office when we're going to off our office, like a little like fishbowl and people would put the things that they're thankful for in there and then they could always just pull it out to be able to, to change their frame of reference. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say one of the things that helped me in my sleep. So that was one of the things I worked on very explicitly during the lockdown is can I get my sleep pattern really strong? Because Mm -hmm. it was, you know, not so great before. And um, and I found myself using Audible. Uh, but not reading new things. I used it as like a bedtime story. So my mm-hmm. favorite stories. And um, uh, from your kind of inspiration, I I realized maybe you could create your own personal bedtime story um, with these most joyful mm-hmm. memories that you have. So it's not it's not a fairy tale anymore. It is, you know, it, it is a rehearsing of your own history, but the most joyful moments right before you go into bed and yeah. um yeah i like that yeah i, I, I like that because we are authoring you know every single day is a new chapter yes. and we get to be the superhero in our own hero's journey and and and, and turn anxiety into a superpower exactly. you know it could be another another tool it's not you know it's good or bad it's just it's it's um it's there to be able to serve us and protect us but right. like anything you know technology it could you know, fire could cook your food. It could also burn down your home. It's yeah. just really how it's utilized. Exactly. Amazing, Wendy. I recommend everybody goes get a copy of Good Anxiety. Highly recommend it. We have a, a one book a week club where many of our, wow. our listeners do 52 books a year. So I highly recommend everyone add this to your list. And, uh, and also take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to this and tag, post it online and tag Wendy, uh, mm-hmm. tag myself so we get to see it. 
Uh, Wendy, where were you most active on social? Uh, Instagram, very mm -hmm. active on Instagram. But if you want to find out more about me uh, and the book, you can go to either goodanxiety.com or mm -hmm. wendysuzuki.com. And we'll, as always, put it, those links in the show notes, as well as um, to your previous work also as well, uh, to your, some of your amazing talks. So people who go deeper there also. And uh, make sure you tag us when you post it. And let's ask them to post something, maybe a challenge or a question. What, what would you recommend as, as they're taking a screenshot of this? And I'll hold your book up here also as well. Um, when they're taking a screenshot in the post, what would you like them to, what are you asking them? Maybe we could ask them a question. Um, based on breathing or movement or, uh, yeah. or, joy, or joy also as well. I would love, I would love to know your joy conditioning memory. Ooh. Just a little, little, little tagline. What is the subject of your joy conditioning memory? Yeah. Share your, get in the habit of sharing our joys. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it will help to really that part of our brain that we're activities so to be able to make us consciously aware of things that we're grateful for and we feel like we're safe and, and that we're enough. So post that, tag us so we get to see it. I'll repost some of my favorites and I'll actually gift one copy of Good Anxiety to uh, one of our listeners just as a thank you for, for playing along. And uh, I highly recommend also, we always put the extended version of our Quick Brain podcast on YouTube. So please watch it there also as well. Good, uh, Jim, I'm going to add a book. So I'm going yeah. to give one book too. So Amazing. two of your readers can, can get a free copy of Good Anxiety. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Wendy. And, uh, and thank you for the gift of this book and also all your research and your work. Thank and you so um, we'll have to have you back on the show soon. Love to, love to. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power, it's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You wanna learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. 
I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour uh, share, going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.